Hey guys, welcome to the Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is David Dorner, and I am the teaching pastor here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it is so good to be with you. Our mission in this world is to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus for a lifetime or if your journey's just begun, we hope that this message will speak powerfully to your heart, that it will reveal something that God desires to cultivate in your life, and that you'll be drawn to the person of Jesus as a result. We hope these next few moments encourage you, challenge you, and inspire you to be who God has created you to be. We hope you enjoy it. Amen. Well, I'd I'd love if I could to kind of give you a little bit of, um, I guess this is kind of like family business. So if you're brand new to Frontline, this may not uh, mean a whole lot to you, Um, but I'm going to actually read to you a, a journal entry I wrote um, if you've been a part of Frontline for a while, you know journaling, prayer journaling is something that I've been doing for a number of years. It's a major way that I sense God speaking to me and that I hear his voice in my life. And so um, this is, I'm going to read to you from June 29th, uh, 2020. This is my journal entry. I was on my study break and I'd spent an entire day, I was by myself and I was just seeking God and uh, praying. And this is what I wrote on June 29th, 2020 in my prayer journal. I said this, I believe I heard God say, within the next year, I will publicly name David Dorner as my successor as pastor of Frontline. We will then enter into a three-year process for me to step away from Frontline and into the role of Zero Collective lead pastor. And then after writing that down, I wrote, I am asking God to give me confirmation if what I am hearing is true. And so literally, I wrote those words, I I wrote that down, and then uh, for four months, that journal entry sat there, and I didn't speak a word of that to anyone. For four months, I didn't say it to anyone but my wife, Carrie. She was the only person I talked to about that and felt that God had spoken that to me. But as I just wrote, I, I just felt like I was supposed to wait and not share it, not speak it, and wait for God to confirm it, to say, like, am I hearing you right, Lord? Is this really what you, what you're calling me to and what you're calling us to and Frontline to and David to? So four months go by, and one day I'm walking by David Dorner's office, and uh, I peeked my head in because he had just gotten back from a prayer retreat. He'd gone with uh, a few other pastors in our region on this prayer retreat, and so I just popped my head in, and I said, hey, how, how was the retreat? And he said, do you have a minute? And it was one of those moments where I just felt like in that moment, the Holy Spirit just said, whatever you're doing, just set it down and just go and sit down in his office and just listen. It was one of those just moments, right? I could just sense something uh, potent was about to happen. So I went and I sat down and he said, uh, yeah, the prayer retreat was incredible. Uh, There was a time where they prayed over me. He said there was a time of like prophetic prayer uh, where some spiritual leaders just just began to pray over me and pray things for my life. And he said, and I recorded it on my phone here. So they had actually encouraged uh, him to, to record this on his phone. And so he said, can I play this prayer for you? And I said, sure. And so he uh, presses play, and I listen to uh, David being prayed over by some leaders in our region. And he, there were some things in there that, that was like, wow, this is an awesome thing, but I don't fully understand what it means. So he plays it for me, and as I'm listening to it, instantaneously, it's like I heard the confirmation that I was waiting for, uh, for God to just be, begin to say, this is what you're hearing is true. It was like goosebumps every, you know, hair on my body. It was just like, I just knew when I listened to that prayer and what they had prayed over him, that was the moment of confirmation I was waiting for. There's a lot of details and a lot behind that, 
But it was just this powerful moment. And I said, hang on a second, David. And I went and I grabbed this prayer journal, remember? And I opened it up and I read to him what I'd written. And it so coincided with the prayer that had been prayed over him. And, and we, we just sat in his office and just wept. As we realized that God is stirring and moving uh, for a change of roles for David and for myself in this incredible uh, next step of ministry. And so um, he, over the next three years, David is going to become the lead pastor of Frontline, and I am going to transition in my role to be the lead pastor of our network, which is called the Zero Collective, which right now is four churches. And so uh, really quickly here, I I wrote some notes down because I want to make sure I I, I say this well. Uh, Let me tell you what this does not mean. Because as soon as you give information like this, a lot of times people kind of, oh, well, I wonder what the story is behind, you know, what's the story behind the story? So, so let me just uh, tell you what this, the reason I took the time to read you my prayer journal and tell you how this came about and the kind of the God story underneath it uh, is because this is what this does not mean. This is not because of some scandal or some, uh, you know, blow up behind the scenes. There's been way too much of that in the body of Christ uh, over the last couple of years. I, I haven't done anything immoral. This is not to cover up something weird. This is exactly what I just read to you. It's, it's uh, God moving in a powerful way uh, for our future. This is also not about the pandemic. Um, I believe we would be right here right now having this conversation, whether there was a coronavirus or a Delta variant or a Omicron, whatever. That's, this is uh, just because of what God has stirred and doing. It's not because of the pandemic. And then lastly, it's not because of the cancer or uh, my chemotherapy last year. That certainly complicated a lot of these conversations. But again, God did this and stirred this way before I even knew that I was going to have to go back, uh, go into chemotherapy. This was something that he had already kind of put in place before that. So this is something that I, I, the way I'm viewing it is it's a continuation of God's calling in on my life. So what I want you to hear is I'm not leaving Frontline. What I'm doing, though, is my role is going to change in the role that I play uh, here at Frontline. And it's a a chance for me, we've said this so many times over the years, but it's another moment in my life to say yes before how. We've talked so many times here at Frontline about the the language of faith, uh, that whenever you take a faith step, it's always to say yes, even if you don't fully know the how. And this new job for me is going to be just continuing to expand the Zero Collective. I don't really know how to do this job. Uh, There's a lot of hows I don't know, but this, uh, this feels to me like another one of those moments in my life. Uh, where it's time for me to, to step out again. It's time for me to say yes and trust him, even, even if I don't know the how. And so I'm excited. Uh, Carrie and I are excited to take this journey. Um, now, if you're sitting there, maybe you wonder, you're probably thinking, well, what's this mean for me? If you've been a part of Frontline, uh, what does that mean? What, you know, what's going to happen here? So I, a couple things I'd love to tell you, really, what it means for you, nothing much is really going to change in this next year. In this first year of the transition, if you just attend here, you're probably not going to notice a major change. I'm still going to continue to preach as much as I have been over the last few years. You know, you already know that David and I have shared the preaching load here. And so I'm, I'm going to continue to be here about as much. And uh, really behind the scenes, um, the staff all know about this and we've talked. But what you'll notice is after the first year, you'll notice I'm, I will preach here less and less. And David will become the, the primary communicator here at Frontline. Uh, but I want you to know my family is going to continue to attend Frontline. So my boys and my wife, uh, Frontline is home for us. We've been here uh, over 20 years now. And so this is our home and we don't plan on going anywhere. This is still going to be home base for us uh, while I step into this new role. And this will be, uh, I'll, I'll still feel like this is my home church. 
The other thing I want to let you know is that I'm going to still be David's boss. Uh, David, as he moves into this role, uh, is that funny? I wasn't meaning that to be like, <laughs> I wasn't, that wasn't the intention. Sorry if that came across bad. I, I, uh, David will step into this role as lead pastor of Frontline in the same way that uh, John Gorvette is the lead pastor of Center Church. Brad Vanderson, who is our youth pastor, is the lead pastor of New Life Church in Wayland. And uh, Kyle Cottridge is the lead pastor of the Story Church in Comstock Park. David, in that same sense, and, and those guys all uh, serve under my leadership. And so it's a wonderful team that God's put together. And I'm just so blessed by the, what I've gotten to do. Right now, I'm kind of doing both jobs, honestly. I'm kind of one foot at Frontline, one foot uh, doing the Zero Collective, and I'm excited to see uh, just where this team can go and what we can do um, as I step into this new role and as David steps into this role here at Frontline. Um, something that will change is uh, the staff and ministry here at Frontline will all uh, be reporting to David in the future as we kind of shift into this, uh, into this transition. Um, so the vision and the values of the church are not going to change, but hear me, the methods and the expression will change as you would expect them to do under a new leader. And so that's what's ahead over the next few, uh, three years. And um, this behind the lines that we're going to have, that I was just telling you about a moment ago, next Sunday night at 5 p.m., uh, the only topic of conversation I want to talk about is this transition. That's all I'm going to be talking about at that. And I, I would love to just talk a little bit more. I mean, some of you are like, what about this? What about this? What about this? I may, we may not have great answers for every question yet. We're at the very beginning of this process. But, um, but uh, I, I'd love to share a little bit more of just how this came about, some of the God story, and then just some of the things we're excited about moving forward in the future. So I would love for you to come and be a part of that if you want to talk a little bit more about it. And then lastly, if I could say something to you, uh, Frontline, David's going to come up in a moment. He's going to preach week two of our series, Pursued, here. Um, before he does that, if, if I could just say something personal to you, uh, thank you. Um, thank you for the way you've loved me uh, for 20 years. Thank you for the way you've loved Carrie and Alan and Andrew and Aaron and John. And thank you for the way you've loved David and I together um, Something you need to know is the fact that Frontline is so healthy is the reason why I'm even able to do this. So many churches uh, are struggling right now. So many churches are, are, not, uh, are coming out of the pandemic with major questions about their future. Uh, we are in such a healthy place because of the kind of church you are. You're, uh, you, you just continue to blow my mind um, with how on mission you are. You care about lost people. You care about the vision of the church that, uh, that God's called us to run after. And what's amazing to me is that I would tell you, I consider it a privilege and a blessing that the next stage of my life, I'm gonna get to take what God's been doing here for 20 years. It's like I have this incredible gift that I get to give others. I get to go around to other churches and I get to share what God's done here. And, and as this network grows, continue to bless others for the kingdom. Um, these other churches in our collective are just thriving right now. And it's, an, it's amazing to watch what God's doing with that, that his vision hasn't just been for this church, but what he's done here, he wants to, to cultivate and use in other churches. What, a, what, an, incredible, what an incredible blessing uh, that we get to be a part of that. And for me personally, that I get to be the carrier of that is just going to be an incredible um, thing that I'm really looking forward to. So thank you, because that wouldn't be possible if you weren't the kind of church you are. Uh, and then lastly, I'd love to just say, and I've said this too, David. David and I had an incredible time of prayer in here even uh, last night. 
But uh, I believe God has brought this young man and his wife, Shannon, to our church. They've been here almost five years, and God knew his, I didn't know this was going to be the plan when he came five years ago, but God knew that plan, and I believe God has brought him during this season, during this time, for exactly this purpose. And that's just been confirmed again and again. And uh, I'm incredibly proud of you and just all that uh, God is doing in your life. And um, if I could ask you to do something frontline, I want to challenge you and encourage you to love him and his family and support him the same way you've done for me and for my family over all these years. I really, really believe that the best days of this church are ahead. to even just be in this position and for things to be this healthy, to be able to take this step, I really believe our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. And so with that being said, thank you. I love you guys very, very much. Nothing like preaching after that, huh? You know, I'm, I'm just going to say, there was a lot of laughter after the whole boss comment. <laughs> and I was, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to learn more about that. Uh, what you need to hear from me is I, I love Brian to pieces. And uh, this has been a real treat just to be a part of this church, but also this collective. Part of my role, if you don't know this, uh, is I speak regularly at all of the other churches. And when Brian says they're all thriving, they're all thriving. I mean, they're all doing incredible. And so I, what I get excited about for this move, too, is just the impact that it's going to have on the kingdom. Uh, because Brian has been here, like he said, over 20 years now, and just the DNA that he carries, uh, it, it's changing not just, not just this church, but churches outside of it, the communities in which they reside. I mean, the influence is just growing and growing. So just from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Just for the way that you've led me, for the way that you've led this church, for the way that you've led and pastored so many of us. I mean, it, it, it made all the difference in the world for me. It's why I'm still here. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, he mentioned five years ago. So I, I've been here five years, and uh, I wanted to look up the date. I was like, what's the date that I actually started? Uh, it was February 1st was my last interview uh, that I sat down. It was a six-month interview process. And uh, I came in with Shannon, and the joke is like it took them six months to figure out, do we want to hire this guy or not? And then Shannon was a part of my last one, and it was within 24 hours that we had an offer. I'm like, good grief. I'll just bring her to my first one from now on. But we sat down, and we were actually in this back room. So it was Brian and then Blake, our executive pastor, and then Shannon and I. And we sat down, and what he asked me, I still remember it clear as day, what he said is, are you willing to give five years to this church? Because if we extend you this job, what we're going to ask you to do is five years. We want you to give your heart for this place. We want you to, to love these people, invest in these people. We, we want you to serve and to give. Are you willing to commit for five years? So that five years is up on February 1st. So February 2nd, we'll see. I mean, if the laughter about the boss thing continues, it'll be a different conversation. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, here's what I wanted to do today. Um, I wanted to walk you through Frontline's story. There's a lot of you here, maybe that started attending Frontline in the last couple of years that have never actually heard Frontline's story from when it was birthed. And it's a powerful story. It's an incredible story. The piece I want to draw attention to is this. When Shannon and I first came here, this was the first major decision that we'd ever uh, encountered together. And so what we did is, is when we were approached, Blake, our executive pastor, approached, and he said, I'd love for you to apply for this job. Before I said yes, before we took a step, what Shannon and I did, and I'm going to put it on the screen, you're going to hear this over and over, is we prayed. 
That was it. Before we jumped in, before we filled out paperwork, before we jumped into the application, before we ever went to a first interview, whatever it was, the first thing we did was we prayed. And that was so significant. Acts 2, verse 42, it says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. This is the beginning of the church. Acts chapter 2, Jesus just ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1. So Acts chapter 2, the disciples come together, they figure out what is this thing that we were called to do that Jesus trained us for for three years? What does this thing actually look like? And it looks like this. So the lead pastor at that time, the planting pastor, his name was Jim Miller, he said, we're gonna plant a church with this model. We're going to plant a church. This is what we're going to do. We're going to focus on teaching and fellowship. We're going to break bread together, and we're going to pray. And so the first location that Frontline ever started at was not a church like this. It wasn't a building with a steeple. It wasn't anything like that. It, it was a warehouse. This is actually it. it. The warehouse doesn't exist anymore, but this is Panel Street and Alpine Street over on the other side uh, of Grand Rapids on the west side. So what's here now, it's, just, it's, a, it's a junkyard. So part of, just as I was prepping today, I wanted to live Frontline's story even as I prepped this week. And so I drove early in the morning one day, I drove and I just sat here 10 or 15 minutes. I just prayed and I got emotional thinking about the fact that, that all of us are here sitting in the room today, watching online today for, from something that started in a loading bay. In the year 2000, Y2K, Brian was telling me, he's like, man, there was so much hype like right before it because, you know, everybody's talking and everybody's wondering, are we even going to be here? Like, are we going to be able to meet? Or are we going to be able to do this? Like, Y2K, what if, what if something crazy happens? And so the year 2000 came, they started meeting in the loading bay. And then just a little bit later, they ended up moving out of the loading bay because they began to grow and they moved to this school. So this is uh, Pine Island Elementary School. So imagine the energy that would have been felt, right? You start to grow. You're in a loading bay. It's super industrial. Uh, it's a pretty industrial part of town. So you move from there to a school. So here there's grass and there's trees and it's a newer building. And it's like, man, this feels like we're moving somewhere. This feels like we're growing. This feels like we have momentum. It feels like God's leading us here because we're starting to see fruit of this tiny little church plant, just like the book of Acts. So after Pine Island Elementary, God actually blessed this church with its first building that they owned. So this is on Three Mile uh, over in Alpine, kind of across uh, Home Depot. So um, imagine the energy. So I went to this place then and I sat in this parking lot and I'm, get, I'm not going to lie to you, I, I was so hoping somebody was going to pull into the parking lot because I was just going to explode and be like, can you show me this place? Can you give me a tour? Which is probably a lot for like seven in the morning, someone just rolling into work for the first time. So I, nobody showed up, but like this, this was the building. This was where they met. This, so much happened in this space. It's just like this space. So much happened here. After a few years, the church again continued to grow, and they eventually purchased this facility here, which is now Frontline. So what most of you call home, maybe not online, or maybe online, maybe you haven't been here in the facility for a while, but you see the, the trajectory here of, of the growth and of the change and of, of the permanency that God has called this church to. So here's what happened. I'm going to keep going with the story. In 2007, Jim Miller was the planting pastor. He left, and Brian Bloom was selected as the next lead pastor. And just like every lead pastor's dream, within a few months, the economy crashed. Can you imagine that? Feeling like we're growing, we're moving, we're expanding. God's called us to. I mean, God called this church to this facility. So imagine they move in, Jim leads, leaves, Brian steps in to lead, and the economy goes kaput. And Frontline went from a, a, a church that was growing, had momentum, to like a month-to-month, will-we-survive 
Brian, the exact words Brian wrote when we were going back and forth about this was he said, Frontline was already hemorrhaging financially because this is a giant space. This is a 105,000 square foot building. So Frontline was already hemorrhaging financially. So the question of whether or not we would stay open was a monthly conversation. So here's what the church staff and what the church board did. Any guesses? They prayed. Crisis hit. Future was a question mark. And, and what they did, the response, the appropriate response was to come together and pray. <clears throat> they asked God to move, give direction for the future, and God would answer those prayers in a pretty powerful way. So October 26 rolls around. It's 2008. It's in this building. And the worship pastor leading at the time did something different. Uh, he did something that he didn't normally do. So Brian came up here. Brian was preaching, and the, the worship pastor sat in the back. He actually got on his knees in the back of the worship center, and he raised his hands, and he prayed. He just interceded during the entire sermon that Brian preached, and what he was praying for was God to move, for God to break something, for God to do something powerful. So it was a baptism service that day. There was one family that was signed up to be baptized, and it was a family from Rwanda. It was a family that had escaped the genocide that was going through their country. And so they were here. They had given their lives to Christ. They were celebrating being baptized. And so Brian, as Brian has told me this, the, the baptismal tank was right up here in front. And, and they're getting ready to do the baptisms. And this family gets baptized. And, and he, what Brian said is the last person to get baptized, it felt like something changed in the room. Like it was tangible. Like everybody could feel it. And the worship pastor came back up, and before jumping into the next song, before moving on, before just celebrating the, the family that had been baptized, which of course was worth being celebrated, they paused. They paused. And he said, can we stay in this moment? And Brian said, yes, he, they stayed in this, mo this moment. It was the 11 o'clock service. One family had been baptized. And by the time that that service was over, it was around 1 o'clock, and over 50 people had come forward to be baptized. Is that amazing? One service, hemorrhaging financially, wondering about the future, watching the economy, watching the stock market, the stock market, watching the world, watching all of that, and in one service, things changed on a dime. And over the next couple of weeks, hundreds and hundreds of new people began coming to this church. It's just powerful to me. <clears throat> so in 2015, seven years later, Brian took a sabbatical. And God gave him a vision on his sabbatical for something called the zeros. So the five zeros, if you're not familiar, if you don't know, the five zeros are this, is seeing zero lost people in our community, seeing zero gods before God, zero needs among us, zero unfulfilled callings, and zero unconnected in community. This is the vision for our church. This is why we exist. This is what we're after. We're not after to, to create and amass large numbers here at Frontline. What we're after is to create a zero number for all of these categories in the context that God has called us. So Brian, as he comes back with this, this is born. What I want you to hear is this. This came as a result of prayer. So Brian prayed. Are you seeing the theme that this is all pointing to? And then this last one, this one I could actually speak to because I was finally a part of it. In 2017, uh, this is a funny story. A lot of you wouldn't know this. 2017, I came here, started in February, just like I told you. Um, I was excited to be here, be on staff, whatever. And then uh, the fall rolled around, and all of a sudden, we started hurting pretty significantly financially. 
Um, we had been for a while, but then it started getting worse quickly. And so fall rolls around. And I still remember, I, I asked Brian this week, I was like, do you remember this conversation? And he goes, no. And I was like, well, I do. I remember it because you said something that I didn't like. And we came in here, we were right there, and we were doing slides. We were talking through slides for Sunday morning. And, and I looked at him, and it was just he and I in the room, and I knew finances were getting worse and worse and worse. And I was in a position that I would consider auxiliary, as in, like, you could cut me and not feel it. And so I, I went to Brian, and I said, I, it seems like we're not in a good spot. And he goes, nope. I was like, okay, not reassuring. Uh, it feels like I'm in an auxiliary position. Am I going to have a job here soon? And he looked me dead in the eye and he goes, I don't know. <laughs> okay, thanks for the vote of confidence. I mean, I, there was a piece of me, I really appreciated the honesty, but I walked out going, do I have a future here? Was this a giant colossal mistake? Like, am I, am I just gonna be ruined now? Cause it's like, where can I go? And nobody's hiring, whatever. Uh, it was just crazy. So 2017, here's what we did. Instead of jumping into a financial campaign, because there, there was a lot of things that were hurting at the time too. Our roof was in really bad shape. Our sound system was breaking every week. There were a lot of building needs. So it, it was a precarious position. And here's what our board encouraged us to do is pray. So we took a season and it was a 40 day fasting and prayer. So instead of jumping into fix it mode, in, instead of jumping into solve it, instead of jumping into, okay, God, we'll figure this out. What we did is we got on our knees and we prayed, not just staff, not just board, but our church, you, us. And here's what we didn't know is God was preparing us for the pandemic. I mean, there was money that came in that surprised us. We were taking significant steps in our online ministry. I mean, God was preparing and moving and stirring and going before us and paving the way so that this, we, we haven't shared this yet. Do you know in the last two years, so in 2020 and 2021, here at Frontline, we have seen 260 people give their life to Christ and 159 that have been baptized. Is that amazing or what? I've never been a part of a church like this. I've never served under a leader like Brian. As I was thinking through my life, I, I've been a part of nine different churches and I've never had someone that I've actually called my pastor. So I, I just wanna say this to you if you're like, man, I'm not excited about this transition or I'm not excited about this news because Brian is my pastor. I, I just want you to know he's my pastor too. He's been the one that I've called when I've hit crises in the last couple of years. He's the one that shepherded me. He's the one, I mean, when we, whenever we say like Saturday nights are significant to us, I mean, that's just scraping the surface. We had a powerful time last night. Brian has shepherded me and grown me and stewarded me just like he has all of you. And so I, I love this man. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for him or for his family. So I, I just want you to hear, he means the world to me. And what I get excited about is like that. I never thought I would get the gift to stay here at Frontline. I, I never did. The longest tenure I've ever been at one church is eight years and I was in elementary school. <laughs> so that doesn't even count. <laughs> So the fact that I get to stay here and continue serving with Brian, serving with the Zero Collective, watching the influence grow, I mean, it's just such a gift. So here, here's what I want you to know. Uh, what Brian and I share 
is a heart for this church and a burden for Grand Rapids. What Brian and I share is a heart for this church and a burden for Grand Rapids. Frontline is not changing in this transition. It is expanding. It's growing. The influence is expanding and honestly quite rapidly. Because there's a need right now, especially during this pandemic, there is a need for so many churches that are in need of Brian's experience, that are in need of what he's learned and gleaned from the Lord in his relationship over 20 years, a bunch of those in ministry and leading churches through different crises. There is a giant need for this to take place in the kingdom. So I wrote this. I love the name Frontline because this church and the church has always been called to the front lines. So 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, it says this, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is so significant to me, and I think it's so significant for our church because what we need to remember is that God purchased this church. And it was through the blood of Jesus on the cross. So in in Acts chapter 2, when the church is birthed, there's a mission for it. There's a mission, and it wasn't meant to be a country club type of church. The the mission of the church was to go out to the most broken and hurting and dangerous and, and wretched places of our world to bring the gospel of Jesus. Because as we just sang about, he is the only thing that can bring dead things back to life. It's just him. It's just Jesus. That is it. So, so when I read this, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? This is his house. This is his temple. And we get to be a part of his church and to steward that. So we are called to go to the front lines of our community. Brian said this over Christmas. Have you ever noticed that the world continues to get darker? Have you noticed that? Think back a few years. I I wrote a couple of these. Division is deeper. Greed is growing. Entertainment is endless. Marriages are falling apart. Addictions are on the rise. There's this growing unrest in our world. And the need for churches that are going to the front lines has... I want to say it's never been greater. Maybe it's never been greater in our lifetime. So what God's actually inviting us into is to be a part of that, not not just to come and gather here, but to gather here to go out to the most hurting and broken places in our world. If you're worried about the future, here's here's just what what I want you to know. There's three quick things. One is this. We will always be a church that is driven and led by prayer. It happens, uh, a lot of it too, what's funny is a lot of it happens behind the scenes. Um, Right now, there's two things I want to share with you about this one. One is we actually have a a prayer group. Many of you wouldn't know about this, but we have a prayer group made up of significant leaders here in Grand Rapids and within our church that meet on a regular basis. We meet once a month right now. And what God is doing and stirring and cultivating in that group right now, Frontline is getting to play a pretty significant role 
in things like our local government, our local school districts, first responders, nonprofits, businesses, what, what God's doing right now behind the scenes, just as, just as I would say, doesn't it seem like the world is getting darker, like there's this undertone? There's also this undertone of God is working and moving and bringing people together for a very specific purpose, and he's uniting us, and it is a riot to be a part of. Here's another one is this. Um, we have a text group um, of a prayer team. And they get texts almost every single week, and they're praying for you. Anytime you fill out a prayer request card, like one here in the service, or if you go to frontlinejared.com slash prayer, there's a team that is praying for you on a regular basis. There's 85 people that are on that that are praying for you on a regular basis and praying for God to work and move. Uh, significant things like celebrating baptisms and salvations are always preceded by prayer. So we'll always be a church that is built on that is driven and led by prayer. But here's the second one. We will always be a church that moves to the front lines. I love the name Frontline. I absolutely love it because that's where we're called to. I think of David, you know, King David in the Bible. Uh, he shows up, most of you, whether you grew up in church or not, you would know the story, but David and Goliath. It, God calls David to go to the front lines. To, to actually walk out to the battlefield, to approach the giant when so many others were afraid or held back or were nervous or scared or, man, I, we don't know what to do or, or we do know what to do, but we don't have the courage to do it. But what God did is he sent somebody to go, hey, I'm going to the front lines and I, he's calling our church to be that. It's in our name. It's in our DNA. We're called to go to the most hurting, broken areas. So we can't be a country club church. We can't be. We need to be a church that fights for the oppressed. We need to be a church that rescues captives. We need to be a church that feeds the hungry, that adopts the orphan, that ushers in the kingdom of God to the most broken and dangerous places, not just in our city, but in our world. That's what God has called us to. That's why our name is Frontline. Because it's the identity he's given us. And then the last thing I want you to know is this, we'll always be a church that goes after the next generation. I did some homework on this today. Gen Z, the youngest up and coming generation right now, is the largest generation alive today. There are 2.5 billion of them out of 7.7 .7 billion people. 40% of them are atheistic, agnostic, or choose nothing in particular. Of those that are in the church, 66% of church teenagers are leaving the church, 69% of them never to return again. Satan has a grip on the next generation. It's like a Goliath. And what God is calling us to do as a church, as a people, as his group is to go after them to leverage whatever we have, to go after a, a generation and a world full of people, full of, full of our kids, full of our grandkids, nephews, nieces, friends, neighbors, coworkers, to go after a world of people who do not have a relationship with Jesus. We'll always be a church that does that. So as I close, I, I just wanna say this, uh, I love this church. I love all of you. One thing I do before I get up and preach every Sunday is I, I sit in the chair and I look around and I look at faces 
It's one of the questions I ask every time before I get up and it says, do you, do you love the people that you get to speak to? And my goodness, I love so much it hurts, but I love you. So if you're hurting right now, if you're broken, if you're struggling, if you're angry, if you're addicted, if you're bouncing church to church, job to job, place to place, inward struggle, outward struggle, whatever it is, I just want you to know you are so loved by this church. You are so loved by your creator, by Brian, by me, by our team, by our heavenly father. Let's continue to be a place where people, regardless of what they're going through, can show up here exactly how they are and be met with the person of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So let me pray for us. God, we just come before you. We just thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for what you're doing in the Zero Collective. I thank you for what you're doing in Brian's life especially. I thank you just for the mantle of leadership that you have expanded for him. I pray, God, that he would steward it well, that as he steps in and and continues to coach and mentor and impact churches all over uh, our region, all over Michigan, other states, I I just pray that you would continue to grow the influence uh, of your kingdom through the Zero Collective. I pray for frontline God. I pray for people here right now who are struggling, who are hurting, who are sick. I pray for people who who are wondering, do I fit here or do I fit at my job or do I fit in my community or or, or who are looking for for maybe the purpose that they haven't yet discovered in you. I just pray that you would work, that you would move, that you would cultivate, that you would call us to be your hands and feet to every single person we interact with. I pray that we'd be a reflection of you and a mirror of you. And God, that we, that we wouldn't celebrate in our strengths, but that we would celebrate in our weaknesses. Because you say your strength is made perfect in our weakness. We come to you, God, broken and sinful. And we pray that you would use us, that you would allow us to play a significant role in your kingdom for the sake of those that you died for. We love you. We trust you. And this is your church, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen.